Father, thank you for this message. I thank you for your words of truth. I thank you for this um, prophetic word that you have spoken over us as a body of Christ about this new wine and the new ground that you have for us. And I thank you that with new ground, that means um, preparing the ground, preparing the way, planting seeds, waiting for you to be the one to make things take root and grow. And I thank you that you have called us to reap a harvest, which is this new wine. So God, would you help us in each stage and all of that process to trust you, to be faithful, and in particular to receive all that you have for us, Lord. Would you give us receiving hearts today in Jesus' name? Um, so yeah, just uh, what we're gonna dive in today just felt in particular that he wanted us to have, um, to be intentional um, and thoughtful in receiving truths today that you might have heard many times or maybe not, um, but we're really gonna dive into hearing some truths today. So let's get started. So if you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles, if you're old, old school, or get your apps out if you're new school, um, or iPads, or by memory, you know, whatever. We're going to start on Genesis chapter 1. And before I read that, I just wanted to cast some vision here. So in the Gospels, Jesus teaches us that when we pray, we're to say, Our Father, who art in heaven. Anybody hear that before? Yeah? Yeah, it's okay, you can engage, it's okay. Yes, I've heard it, yes, yes, okay, great. So he's teaching us that when we are coming before the Lord, that we, need to, we can start by declaring and identifying who God says he is, and then he's going to tell us who does God say that we are. So we're gonna start this morning by taking a look of what does God say about who he is. So Genesis chapter one, we've got in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then we're gonna move down to verses 26 through 27. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then verse 28, it says, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. So the first time in the word of God that we hear the name for God is here in the first sentence, in the first verse, and it says, God created. In the beginning, God created. The word that is used for God is Elohim. Can we say that together? Elohim. And that is the Hebrew word for God is mighty. But even better, it says, he is the power overpowers. This Hebrew word that, um, over time, I'm sorry, it was used over 2,500 times in the Old Testament, and the word then later became Yahweh, 
just as a point of reference for you guys. So Elohim, this name reflects God's authority and his sovereign power. At the same time, in this verse, because it says God created, it's reflecting his creativity. He is the one who created it all, the heavens and the earth, separating the light from the darkness, water from the dry land, night from day, animals of the water, animals of the land, and man and woman. Elohim is the is not just an example of God's ultimate authority and creativity. He is ultimate authority and he is creativity. Creativity is birthed from his words. He spoke and it composed something from nothing. He breathed and it brought life. He has brought order into chaos given value and purpose to man from the beginning and for his glory, and he said it was good. So then we're gonna move on. So that's what it says about who God is. And now we're gonna take a look at verses 26 through 27, where it says, let us make man in our image. So we've got the Father, the Son, Jesus, and we've got the Holy Spirit working together as one that says, I've created man in my image which is in Latin, imago Dei, made in the image of God. So here are our first words that we can learn what does God say about who we are. We are made and given purpose from the start to reflect God's glory. This, re- this fulfills his purpose in bringing himself glory. He is worthy of all glory, And he is the only one who is worthy of this glory. The fact that we are alive and have breath brings him glory. He gives our life purpose and meaning from out of the womb. He has not left you to remain in darkness or given you over to things that will never satisfy. Um, I'm sorry, Jesus speaks life over us and he has made us fearfully and wonderfully in the womb, giving us unique talents, details, strengths, personality, so that he can reflect his image through you and again to bring him glory. Our creator hasn't made us to be stuck, bored, anxious, striving, our creator is with us. Just as a bird is given wings, he doesn't sit and ponder, am I gonna be able to make it if I fly over to that tree? Or are these wings gonna work? He just does it and soars. We do not have to worry if we're going to get that promotion or if we're going to get that grade point average that we want to when we graduate or even if our kids are going to obey us the first time that we ask. We are created to bear his image and to be fruitful. It is who we are. He is the God of creativity and breathes new life, fresh viewpoints, and renewed passions into our giftings. If you are in need of relief from striving to become who God has created you to be, or you are worrying about what the future may hold, 
today, take a moment and ask the Lord to speak truth into that area. All right, so I'm gonna share a little bit more about me personally. So I have some, an illustration for I'm gonna to use today. Thank you, Zach. If anybody hasn't said happy birthday to Zach, go ahead and make sure they do that today. <laughs> All right, so this is my viola. Um, it's beautiful, isn't it? Um, this is a viola. It is shaped like a violin, um, but it has the tone of a cello. Cello. Anyone got that? Sorry. Um, so it is um, the instrument that I played. So I had a, a teacher come to our school when I was in third grade, and she showed us all of the instruments of an orchestra, and she said, invited us to pick one and to begin to study it. So immediately I saw the cello, and I said, that's the one. But then after a little bit of thought, I figured, well, you know what? It's a lot more costly to use that one. And also, I can't get on the bus very easily with that thing. So I came to the teacher and I said, is there anything else that might be good for me? And she said, yes, there's the viola. So she introduced me and I said, sold, that is it. So I began practicing. I did not like practicing. Uh, in fact, I was very bad and <laughs> I sounded horrible and it was really hard and my fingers hurt and it was super uncomfortable and it didn't sound anything like the way I imagined that it would be, right? So even still to this day, I am so grateful to my parents who listened to every hour of practicing, every uh, concert, every rehearsal, and every time that they would hear screams from my room out of frustration of having to practice. Um, but with time, uh, I didn't give up and I kept playing and I really appreciated. I played all through elementary school, all through middle school, all through high school, and then got accepted into the School of Music at Baylor. So it was something really special to me. But I think it was because I didn't give up and I kept studying and I kept um, rehearsing uh, with my peers and with the music that through that time, I didn't realize it, but the Lord was growing my passions and affections for music and playing the viola because he was birthing his creativity in my heart. It was because of this creativity that he birthed in my heart that something deep really set in. And that's what got me through those hard practicing times and sounding pretty bad. Um, so I got first chair uh, viola, which was something really, really great. And officially, I was an orc dork. And I was proud that I was an orc dork. You know, band nerds, we got orc dorks, right? So uh, just a little side note for those that, that maybe can't relate with this, it's okay. There's still some good truths, but yes, we're, we're talking about orc dorks here. Um, all right, so, but I had stuck with it. I had invested in private lessons, community orchestras, and many competitions. God was crea uh, developing his creativity in my heart because I was made in his image. Just like how this viola is beautiful, it is intricately and thoughtfully made. Oftentimes it can take up to a year to be made. I went to Chicago on a trip with my orchestra and we went to a factory where they made them and it is uh, painstakingly detailed in how they make these. And I felt like the Lord wanted to use this as an example for us today that God has made us beautiful, intricately, thoughtfully, and thoroughly is how he's made us and how he sees us. We are not like a piece of two by four wood 
that usually splinters us and really makes no effort at any beautiful sound to come from it. Also, I felt like the Lord was saying that he wanted to show us that we are not meant to be kept in a case or a box. That the purpose of the instrument is fulfilled when it is played. And it brings him glory when he allows us to be his masterpiece. So now we're going to take a look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians in chapter 4. And this is when he's talking to the body of Christ, about the body of Christ and our spiritual giftings. Ephesians chapter 4. And as I was studying this passage, the Lord really highlighted to me, in particular, the message translation of this. So if you guys will um, move forward to that. It says, he handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher to train Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we are moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without fully alive like Christ. So now I've got two videos for you guys to enjoy. Again, if you can't super relate to it, just you know, open, open yourself up to what we're going to share. Let's take a look at the two videos that we have. All right, still hearing that just, woo! Um, so we have in the first video... Um, of the beginning orchestra, you can maybe notice a little bit of a difference in the harmony, maybe a little bit in the pitch. Um, some were actually maybe not in the right place of the song that they were supposed to be, or might not even know kind of where to put their hands and things like that, but that's okay. Um, no worries because there is this tremendous amount of forgiveness that happens in how off pitch they are um, and if everything is exactly where it's supposed to be because teachers, as well as parents and alike, as they're hearing their child play, they are seeing their potential. They see what is it that they're developing in. A joy comes from hearing them. And um, there has been known to be strangers, I've experienced this, that come to these concerts that maybe don't have children in the orchestras. And they're like, um, is there something wrong? These kids sound really bad. Am I missing something? Like, why are parents so excited? But the truth is that the teachers and the parents see the potential. They see where their kid is developing. They... Um, hear beautiful music, somewhat, um, when it would be very um, apparent that the tune was way off. That is how God sees us. He hears us and he sees what we're becoming. In the second video, which is the professional orchestra, uh, they are playing a piece by Antoine Dvorak, and he is a Czech composer, not to be confused with the conductor, which was the gentleman that was conducting the symphony, the composer, the writer of the piece. He very specifically and very thoroughly chose which instruments that were going to be used, which one needed for every sound that was a part of the whole symphony. He chose which ones were going to be highlighted. He chose which ones were going to be the undertones. He chose every quarter note and every eighth note rest. 
he had intentionally picked out each one so that in perfect unison, complementing each other, it was a whole. There were no unplanned electric guitar solos, which nothing wrong with that, but not in this context. And there were no piccolos hiding under the chairs. Everyone was playing their part. The whole piece works together rhythmically and easily when everyone is playing their part. Much like how Paul is describing how God's plans for the body of Christ is to be when they're walking out in their spiritual giftings. Again, Ephesians says, moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's son. The the musicians have practiced many hours and have made many mistakes over time, but the results have developed into a mature sound. It is beautiful and impactful and a cohesive masterpiece. God is our composer. Jesus is his masterpiece. And because we are one in Christ, we are his masterpiece. That is who we are. We are made to be mature, fully developed, inside and out, in our faith, and experiencing being fully alive in Christ. Today, I want us to be encouraged that walking out in your giftings may not involve being perfect, but it will involve mistakes or sounding less than mature in the area that you're growing in. Or that you have to reject lies that you just can't do this or you are not enough. God created you in his image to be mature and successful and fruitful to the calling of God, I'm sorry, to God's calling over your life in Jesus' name. He is your father and he is well pleased with you. So now we're gonna take a look more closely at how we can gain insight into the unique ways that God has made our gifts, our strengths, our personality, and the other details of our life so that we can fulfill his purpose in our life. Now and into life groups this week, we're gonna be taking a look at, a, um, at something called shape. Um, and this shape is right here on the screen. And we're gonna take a look at that and they're gonna be diving in more closely in life group this week. S is for our spiritual gifts. We are gonna cover this more in weeks to come, so that's need to stay plugged in with this series. H is for our heart. What passions has God put in our hearts? We, have, uh, we all have areas and people ideas that we care passionately about. As you look at Facebook, which reflects this very well. You could even, you could be called passionate if talking about it or doing it keeps you up late at night. The idea of it causes you to jump out of bed in the morning, which that would take a lot. It energizes you and you have an inner confidence that you are doing something that God has created you to do. But please be mindful to ask, does this glorify God and does this edify others? If the answer is no, then it might not be what God is showing you to do. All right, let's take a look at A, ability. What special skill has God given you? What are you good at? 
What different jobs or volunteer opportunities has he put in your path? Have you received positive feedback from leaders or bosses that have identified that you have really excelled at something? And letter P, personality. How has God wired you? Do you gain more energy about, around being, um, being with various people? Or do you gain energy from being, having time spent by yourself? Do you structure your life in a very controlled manner? Or do you live more um, energetic through being spontaneous? How do you receive information? As a whole, right away? Or do you prefer to receive information bit by bit? Do you make decisions more from thinking first or by feeling first? And lastly, E is for our experience. What has been the most meaningful experience you have had in life so far? Which relationships have impacted your life? How has your culture or your family of origin sculpted you? Has there been a personal event or an event in history that has really impacted you? These are all really great questions to ask as we're developing and we're learning more about how has God made us. So first we know that we are made and created to give glory to God. That is always first and foremost. And we're also created with giftings and talents and made in his image so that we can love others well. So let us remember those important things because as we know those foundational priorities, as you're learning more about your spiritual giftings, you're going to be able to grow in them more fruitfully and more effectively. If those priorities are a little bit off, then there are issues that can arise. These questions are to help you to understand who God has created you to be so that you can move forward in serving the Lord and serving one another. So there was a time in my life when I felt like the Lord was really highlighting um, a gift of mine. So over time, different people in different environments um, and in different situations had come to me and said, Christina, I really sense that I just really experience um, a different level of peace when I'm around you. And at first, I was, that made me very uncomfortable. I had a really hard time receiving that feedback because I had experienced a lot of anxious thoughts when I was younger. And in error, I thought when I come into a group of people, uh, I said, oh, they can, they can see my anxious thoughts. They know exactly how anxious I am, which only added to more anxiety. Um, but as I start over time to hear um, these um, observations shared with me, it helped me to see, and that anxiety became smaller and smaller and smaller in light of this truth that the Lord was revealing to me. And it was because my friends had the courage or um, the willingness to share their observations with me that the Lord was able to speak in to an aspect of a, a spiritual gift that I had. So it is very impactful when we share and we live life with one another, shepherding one another and calling out these gifts. And it doesn't have to be a spiritual gift, even though those are in, important and essential, but also these smaller details of our life through experiences, um, our abilities, our personalities, and those little details about our life. So now we're going to take a look at Galatians 5, 13. And then we'll be wrapping up soon. 
So we have Galatians 5.13. It says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. I was served very well when my friends came and shared with me. So this morning, with great love, I wanted to encourage you guys and just to speak some, some things to consider. We are not meant to hide ourselves from week to week on Sunday mornings or during our life group, our weekly life group gatherings, hoping not to be noticed or to withhold being honest about who God has really made you to be. Nor are we meant to strive for acceptance or strive for attention, which also causes us to not be quite as honest about who God's really made you to be. We are created to be courageous and not afraid, to be true to who Elohim says that we are, and trust him to cover over every place, keeping us safe and secure. So take courage in learning deeper ways to walk out in your identity and in your spiritual giftings, as well as your natural strengths and passions given by God to bring him glory and for us to serve one another. So uh, we're going to take a few minutes right now just to stay kind of quiet, and we're going to consider and try to identify one thing that the Lord has um, highlighted to you today, and we're going to have you write it down if you have a pen and paper, or we're going to have you maybe text yourself. Uh, I've done this on occasion, and it's really fun that once you get to lunch after church, you say, oh, I got a text, and you're, oh, that was me, <laughs> and you read it. It's kind of fun. Um, or text somebody else and be like, hey, I really need you to pray this for me, or, or whatever, however you feel. But we're going to take three to four minutes. I'm going to start us off in prayer, uh, and then I'll close us. Father, Elohim, we thank you that you are the mighty one. You are the power over powers. And you are our creator. I thank you that you speak words and they come to pass. You bring something out of nothing. And so I pray, Father, that you would speak your words of truth and they would impact us through the week.
So Father, thank you, and we thank you that your word never goes void, and we pray everything that is of you would remain and everything that is not would fade away. And we thank you for these truths and that you are good. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.